Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. David knew by covenant that the throne would be kept firm. We need to learn to think like this, Christian. You need to know the covenant that you walk in with Jesus Christ and learn to walk assuredly by faith. Because there's going to be a time when your strength is gone. Are you confident enough in the covenant? Do you even know the covenant you're in? We're saved and by grace and Messiah Jesus walk in that covenant. Numbers 23, 19. I want to show you how when God makes a covenant. He keeps it. When he he told David, I'm going to keep this covenant, you watch. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Friends, basically this says that when God says he's going to do something, he will do it. When God says he's going to do something, it's going to get done. Irregardless of us, irregardless of how messed up we are and how faulted we are and how incapable we are, or how much we think that God needs our help, <laughs> you know, when you think God needs your help, that's when people try to raise their self up. Oh, God needs my help. He can't do this. I better step in and do it myself. Don't raise yourself up. God will raise you. Don't mess up like Adonijah did. God is capable, and he does what he says. I want to show you the danger of raising yourself up. Matthew 23 and 12 says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Basically, if you try to pump yourself up, God's going to knock you down. But if you go ahead and get down low, then the Lord God will lift you up. Adonijah raised himself up because he wanted to elevate himself high up above everybody else. And friends, you see that on TV today. It's going on all over the place. Everybody's trying to be better than everybody else. They're insulting everybody, cutting them down, calling them names to make them seem like they are somehow so much better. Don't get into that. Adonijah raised himself up because of this. He wanted to be better than everybody else, but in reality, he couldn't even take a rebuke. That's what's wrong with the guy. He had not the godly character. When you raise yourself, you don't have godly character. Philippians 2 and 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Okay, Adonijah should have at least had the decency to go and see of the interests of his dying father. He could he should have at least checked on old dad, okay? But he was too busy trying to be better than everybody else. But this verse here says that everybody else is above you. 
consider everyone else above yourself. That's the easy way to look at it. Now, I know there's the stereotype kind of person that you think they're inferior to you. This verse says that you are to view them as higher than you. That's how you get yourself humble. Well, I don't need to do that, Ray. Come on. Why? I want you to consider the fact that Jesus did not say, I'm the Lord, you're the sinner, you go die on the cross. You're the one that messed up, not me. Jesus never said that. Jesus humbled himself lower than even us. Look at Philippians 2.8. It says, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Friends, never, ever try to elevate yourself. If you want to be like Jesus, I want to be like Jesus, Ray. Well, good. If you want to be like Jesus, then you have to consider everyone else to be above you. That irritating coworker that you can't stand, that's always messing up, that you think is stupid, that you've always looked down on, today, he's higher than you are. That's the way you need to conduct yourself around him. If Jesus did that for us, then we can do that for the world, for everyone around us. When you get to the point that you consider everyone else to be below you, like you're better than them, that's when you're going to set your life up as a lie. That's when you're setting yourself up for a downfall. You're setting yourself up as a lie because you're not better than everybody else. You're trying to make yourself look like you're good enough for the part like Adonijah was trying to do, he tried to look good enough for the part. I should be king, but he didn't have the quality of character. He didn't have the godliness of character to pull it off. He was severely lacking the kind of character that God would actually bless. And when you try to elevate yourself, then you lack the character that God is going to bless. Now, remember how verse 6 says that Adonijah was very good looking. You remember what God said? About Saul. 1 Samuel 16 7 says, The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks inwardly. What's really in there? You're acting like you're better than everybody else. You are a sour individual. That's what God is seeing. He's not seeing you're outwardly, oh, looking better. That's baloney. Don't fall for that. That is worldliness. I want you to notice that all salvation verses deal with the heart. They talk about the heart, the spirit. They do not talk, salvation verses do not talk about your body or not about how much you have in your bank account or how good you look or how nice you think you are, even while you consider yourself better than, well, those people over there. Salvation verses deal with the heart. You know, there's a lot of talk, especially these days in the United States of America right now. These people are always saying, well, you know, those Democrats, they think they're better than Republicans, okay? But Republicans are thinking that they're better than the Democrats, okay? Everybody's saying we're better than them, or I'm better than you. Everybody thinks they're better than someone else, and then they act like it, and it actually causes damage, division. I wish the day would come soon when political correctness would just die. Democrats are not better than Republican. Republicans are not better than Democrat. Everybody needs to just stop that. It's not good. Oh, oh, oh yeah, but Ray, uh, I don't agree with their policies. That, that's why I th- say that. I don't agree with that other party's policies. Hey, 
Jesus didn't agree with your policy either, okay? And he still died on the cross for the sinner like you and I. Today, we have a lot of Christians that are like Adonijah. They have a sense of entitlement. I'm better than you. And so what they end up doing, and maybe they don't know they're doing it, but it's because they elevate themselves. They work to cut God's people out. You ever seen that? People that don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be surrounded by anyone that would speak on godliness to them. You know, Adonijah, he surrounded himself with yes men. Yes men. Purposely keeping God's people away from him because he rejected the accountability that comes with being around faithful people. He just wanted what he wanted. Adonijah just want he just want, I just want what I want. Doesn't that go on today? Sure it does. So what Adonijah did here in the in First Kings, he did something that's a very prominent pat- pattern that we still have in the world today. It kind of goes like this. People don't want to go to a church because they're too busy trying to elevate themselves. They're too busy with their career. They're too busy trying to make money. I don't have time to church. I don't have time to go, and I sure don't have time to give to the assembly of believers, and I sure don't want to be around believers because they may try to tell me what I'm doing is wrong. I don't want to hear it. I want to do what I want to do. That's Adonijah. That is self-exaltation. That's going to get you in trouble. And such people, they may try to cut God's people out, but you will never cut God out. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, people often ask me what I do for a living when they bump into me somewhere, coffee shop or restaurant or something. As a matter of fact, I was at a restaurant. These two loud ladies came in, sat at the table next to me, and they're like, they had beach attire on and and sun hats, and they had their little drinks with the umbrellas in it, and they were having a good time. They just got out of a party somewhere, and they looked at me and they said, "Oh, we don't bite," and you know, just being all weird. And so we're, I'm just eating, you know, and they eventually, ah ha ha ha, they're laughing and going crazy, and they look at me and oh, so what do you do? I said. I'm a pastor, and they were just, uh, and they just stopped. I mean, just like that, just dead silence, <laughs> and it was funny. <laughs> they asked me, what do you do? And I say, I'm a pastor, and most people go into this. You can see the wheels turning in their head. They're rewinding, what did I just say in the last two minutes that was probably wrong, or is he going to start throwing accountability words at me about how we're so wrong for what we're doing. I mean, you can just see them just calculating, and I don't really know what all it is, but they go into this self-justification mode. As soon as they find out I'm this pastor, okay, and they're they're trying to come up with a reason why, an excuse for why they're behaving the way they are, because they know they're doing something wrong, and here's this pastor sitting here. It's like, uh-oh, hit the pause button before he discovers us, you know? and. Typically, they will start for some reason telling me of how offended they are with the church or somebody in the church offended them or I didn't like how a certain pastor over here was teaching. So I left and that's why I don't have to go back or somebody hurt me. Yeah, that happens at jobs, too. But you still go to work, don't you? You ever have somebody offend you at work where you still got to make that paycheck, don't you? So you go back to work. Or I don't like the way the manager was running things, but you still got to go to work. I mean, 
Where's the justification in avoiding the accountability in the body of Christ? It's just not there. You can't dodge it. You can't cut God's people out thinking you're cutting God out. Assembly in the body of Christ around God's people, like Adonijah was trying to get away from and hide from God, assembly in the body of Christ creates accountability, and it's healthy. Don't think of it in the bad tense like you may be thinking. Accountability is wonderful because it will align you to God's will if you get offside. You can have people come up to you, hey, friend, I just noticed this. I'm afraid it's going to get you in trouble. Let's look at God's word about it, and they can help you, and you can get back center and say, thank you. I didn't realize I was off. I've had that happen to me. And you don't be so proud and so exalting of yourself that you're too big to hear a rebuke like Adonijah. He couldn't hear a rebuke. Don't get like that. It's time to lower ourselves, friends. Nathan, if you remember, Nathan put David back in line with God that one time. He gave him a rebuke, but here's Adonijah. He refused to invite Nathan to his little king party. So what we're going to end up seeing later in 1 Kings is that God was going to make Adonijah accountable, whether Adonijah wanted to be accountable or not. And friends, if you refuse to assemble with God's people, you're not escaping accountability for, you know, honestly, you're not getting away from it because we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be made accountable whether we want to be or not. So it's a good thing to get into accountability with God's people. It's healthy. It's actually fun, if you ask me, because I, you think you're having fun in your sin life now? Why do you get involved with the body of Christ? That is fun. That's a better party than you've ever been into. But we all have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You're not going to get away from it. You cannot sue God. You can't take him to court. You cannot vote Jesus out of office to get your way. And you certainly can't sneak off like Adonijah did to have your little party thinking you're going to get away with it because God knows and sees all things, just like how he moved Nathan to work against what Adonijah thought he was getting away with. You're not going to get away with it. Like Adonijah, you cannot cheat your way into getting what you want just because the majority agrees with you. A lot of problems in the world today. The majority, if you ask them, the 90% or more people will say, yeah, you're right. But if it goes against God's word, it ain't right. Kings are not chosen by a popular vote. It does not depend on the majority. I want you to check this out in Isaiah 42 and 1. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. Friends, this is Jesus being spoken about here, whom God elected, not us. If the whole world threw a ballot in a box that said, no, Jesus, and God threw one ballot that says, yes, Jesus, God wins. Okay, (laughs) that's his elect. That's God's choice. It's always going to work. Jesus is never going to hold an election to see if the popular majority is going to let him be king. He's going to come back and rule on Mount Zion, and he's not taking an election to see if we're okay with that. He's going to do it. Jesus Christ is chosen by God to rule. Now, remember how I said that Saul was anointed with oil to be king of Israel, and the same with David, too. David was anointed with oil, too. Well, the Lord said here in Isaiah, he said, I have put my spirit 
upon him. I have put my spirit upon him. Friends, his spirit is the anointing. In fact, do you know what Messiah means? I say Messiah Jesus. If you say Jesus Christ, Christ is Messiah. It's the same thing. Messiah means anointed, anointed. And so whenever you say Messiah Jesus or the Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, then what you are saying is Jesus, the anointed king of Israel. Friends, Jesus is the right king. He is the right one. Study the right king. Learn who the right king is. Study your word, and then you will begin to easily understand which are the counterfeit kings in your life. You'll recognize them real quick. And so today I ask you, if you are trying to lift up yourself, if you're trying to exalt yourself as you feel that maybe you're better than others, and if to achieve this, you keep cutting out the faithful God people out of your life because you refuse to take a rebuke like Adonijah could never take one, then you're making yourself so vulnerable to the false kings in the world, especially a false king that's coming, the Antichrist. There are false kings in the world, the false king of money. Money is not going to save you. That's one of them. The the false king of uh, the counterfeit king of your self-will. Well, I'll deal with it myself. You can't. Look at David. He can't deal with this himself. He had to rely on the Lord. Those are false kings. You need to learn who the real king is. Now, the Antichrist, though, hear me. When he comes, he's going to look good. Oh, he's going to be so attractive. He's really going to look the part, but he will not be God's anointed to rule. Adonijah is not the right anointed king to rule. Solomon is. Adonijah looks great. We don't know what Solomon looked like here so far yet, but Adonijah looked really, really, really good. Friends, not everything that looks good is good. You got to test it. Test the spirits and see against God's word of what the Holy Spirit is telling you also. Is, is, is it the real thing? Is it counterfeit or not? The Antichrist is going to look gr- real good. He's going to look the part, but he's not going to be anointed. He's not going to have the character. And people are even going to worship this guy. Friends, take warning now. If you refuse to get plugged in to the word of God, if you refuse to trust the Lord God with your life, and if you refuse to get into an assembly of believers of Jesus-believing people, and you reject that accountability, if you refuse to let God raise you up with them in Jesus, then you're going to have big, big trouble ahead. Huge problems. Who here needs more problems in their life? I sure don't. Do you want more? Well, you need to get an accountability and get in the Word of God. It's healthy. It's very good. Now, recall how Bathsheba and Nathan pleaded with David that if the rightful king, if Solomon did not take the throne, if Adonijah got in there, then they would be counted as offenders and they would be condemned because kings condemn those who stand against them. Look at John 3.18. It's talking of Jesus here. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Do you see right there where it says condemned already? Those who will not bow down to Jesus, those who stand against his rule, they say, no, I don't want you to rule over me. I like things my own way. I don't want your accountability. I don't want your grace. I don't want to obey you. I don't want to do things your way. You're not king over me. I choose my own kings. 
Those who will not bow down to Jesus are those who elevate themselves. They will be counted as offenders, and offenders are condemned. It says those who do not believe in the Son of God are condemned already. Friend, this is real gospel stuff. This is reality here. Nathan and Bathsheba pleaded for the safety of their lives because they wanted to be under God's chosen King Solomon. For us, you need to plead with the Lord God, forgive me, I want to be under your chosen king. I give up my counterfeit kings. I give up the money. I give up the the faith in myself. I give up. I have to give up all that stuff, and I want to be under your chosen king, King Jesus. Self-exalting unbelievers hate that God chooses for them. They don't like the sound of it. Who is God that he chooses for me? I choose for myself. I'm my own man or I'm my own woman. I choose what I want to do. It's my life. I'm going to choose it. They don't like God choosing for them. They think it's unfair. God's choosing. How dare him? Hey, as a believer, I love God's choosing. I love the fact that God chooses for me because it says in Ephesians 1.4, he chose us. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. (laughs) Friends, God's choice is good. Don't look at it as, oh, I don't get my own choice. Yeah, you do get your own choice. You can choose to be condemned, or you can choose to be saved in Jesus and follow him. There's your choice, and it's a good choice. Jesus isn't going to put you in the same mess that your sin has put you in. He's going to save you from it. Give your life to him. It's a good way to go. God's choice to put Jesus as your king, the ruler of your life, is not bad. It's good. You can go on trying to exalt yourself your way, and you'll watch things get worse all the time, just like what happened to David. And the more you try to fix it, the worse it's going to get. Or you can give your life to Jesus. That's the choice you've been offered. You can give your life to Jesus and trust in him implicitly and so completely, enough so that when you realize that you come to a point where you have no power of your own to make any kind of guarantees on how things are going to turn out, then you know you can trust in the Lord God of Israel who can save your life from every distress. Turn your life over to Jesus. He is the right king. Pray with me, okay? If you want to turn your life over to Jesus, here's how. Lord God, I have sinned, I've messed up, I blew it, and I've, I have torn my life to pieces, and the more I try to fix it, the worse it gets. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, all your people have been around me trying to tell me that you're the right one, you're the right one, and I never wanted to listen to them. But now I'm understanding, Lord, that the false kings I have set up in my life have done me nothing but harm. I want a king that saves me from my distresses. I turn my life over to you. Take it, and I will follow you. I will obey you. I'm yours and you're mine. Thank you for your eternal life gift. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just gave your life to Jesus, go to setforliferadio.com and let me know. That would be an encouragement to me. If I was an encouragement to you, turn it back. Pop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.